Hello, welcome to Glass Onion Minute. I am your host, Allison. Uh, my guest today is Michael. This is minute number six, and that's going to be from uh, zero hour six minutes to zero hour six minutes and 59 seconds. Uh, this is our second minute that we're talking about on this Tuesday. And uh, this starts out with the continuation of the argument between Duke and his mother, and then uh, goes towards starting to uh, solve the puzzles on the puzzle box that was sent out by Miles. So this is uh, uh, kind of just a continuation of our minute and going into the puzzle solving, um, which I think is a a very... um, fun sequence. I know that I personally um, just kind of love the visual, the kind of craftsmanship of this um, little puzzle box and just how, I don't know, that watching people solve these little these little puzzles just kind of, there's something about it that I think just makes me happy. Oh, it's so good. I love puzzles. I won't say that I'm good at them, but I do enjoy them a lot, even if I'm not like solving them actively. I'm also, yeah. are you an escape room player? Are you, are you one I, of us? <laughs> I'm not, but I, I kind of want to be, but again, I don't know if I would necessarily be any good at it. Um, <laughs> but I think that there's, there's something fun about, about kind of physical, like physical puzzles too, because I like a good um, crossword. I like good um, Sudoku and everything. But there, I sometimes I follow. I see people um, on like TikTok of all things, where people are talking about or showing off these kind of intricately made wooden puzzle boxes, and there there's just something so appealing about the kind of tactile nature of a, of a puzzle box um that part of me is just like oh somebody make me a puzzle box <laughs> I, I don't know if I'll even get to I don't know if I'd even get to the point of being able to open it with that um stereogram but yeah I was never good at stereograms neither was I <laughs> so I know I'd be staring at that box being like what is this? How do I do it? I, I might have probably, you know, knowing me, I would have probably figured out how to open it just by like running my hands all over the box being like, what do I do? And then just kind of hitting the button. Um, it, yeah. It opens. I do, I do really appreciate the, us, the camera showing us how Lionel is unlocking the box. Like my mom already broke it. It's a stereo did something to it, it opened up. I don't know if she broke it. I'm like, good, because I was going to stare at that for a really long time, trying to see what it is I'm supposed to see. It's just yeah, like exactly. <laughs> we, we see in his eyes, so it's so we don't have to worry about that. Um, but uh, it, that is, a, that is a, a fun moment, I think, for a couple of reasons. Um, Maybe it's sensitive to heat. <gasps> oh, wait, it's too cold on. First, I, I Leslie Odom Jr.'s acting in this movie is is great, and there's just just the look of kind of being just so excited and entranced by this puzzle. It's just you get a good sense for you know him liking these kinds of mysteries and puzzles, and and it's it's kind of a good character moment there. Yeah, and they're all 
kind of having a lot of fun sort of trying to solve the puzzle. I love that none of them gets it, though. It's Duke's mom in the background, I love, too. Oh, my God. I love... Uh, we'll, we'll maybe see a few of this in future minutes, but Duke's mom immediately be going, like, it's a stereogram. I, I'm bored already of this is, is just such a good character moment there. Like they're simple child's puzzles. It's a stereogram. <laughs> right. Exactly. Uh, stereogram. A whatogram? Wait, a stereogram. Were those the same? Magic eye things? I can never do those. Mom, what I tell you about touching my stuff? And, and Duke being, like, kind of mad that his mother solved it before they could figure it out together is... <laughs> Is very good. Something uh, I do want to mention is we don't see, like, Lionel and Birdie and Claire all trying to, like, what they're speculating it is. But when it cuts to them, Birdie has crystals on it. Like, she thought crystals were going to open the box. <laughs> Oh. And Lionel's just in there with, like, a loop, like a jeweler's magnifying glass, like, looking as close as he can at the pattern. <laughs> yeah. It, it's, again, like, just getting these fun character moments. I, I didn't even, I can't believe I've seen this movie multiple times and I didn't even notice that Birdie had the crystals. <laughs> That's incredible. Um I don't know what they are. I'm not that much of a crystal. I'm person. not, I don't know anything about crystals, but... She thought they were would help, and you know, God bless Bury. Um, she's uh, wonderful. Uh, one of the things, other things that um, we're looking to talk about uh, for this movie over the course of all of the weeks of Glass Onion Minute is the um, score, and what, I think that the score during this entire. Th- um, scene of opening the box is just really effective yes i i especially since you know, we'll get into this more in the next minute but yeah the the inquisitive like upbeat music of this scene of like oh here's here's a little puzzle and oh you solve it like this and and the way that like there's a kind of whimsical energy to the way that they're solving the puzzle and that's just such a it's such a great yeah, sorry. Very good. Yeah. yeah, it's very good, and it's nice. Uh, I don't know. It's just a very pleasant start to a movie that, I mean, I don't think that it's considered spoilers to say that it is a murder mystery, considering yeah. it's a Benoit Blanc uh, mystery. So there is there is going to be more depth beyond just a fun little pu- puzzle being solved by this uh, unlikely group of friends, but it's... It's just a very charming kind of whimsical um, start right away. Yeah. It's also a great tone. It, it sets a great tone, especially um, in reference to the economical differences of everybody in the cla- in the cat. Like, I, we all remember that if you were in a certain economic class, the pandemic was kind of like, oh, this is going to be an opportunity for us to do fun things together, like puzzles across long distances and things like that, and just being like, yeah, that was uh, not really the vibe for everybody. (laughs) Right. It's, uh, it's, that's such an interesting, it's, it's a really interesting piece for, um, you know, I, I'm I'm glad that they did include the pandemic aspect of it because it's it's an interest. I think it's going to be a really interesting 
kind of time period to show because, yeah, I, I um, personally had a rough start to the pandemic, just mostly because I, I lost my job. But, you know, I, I was able, I was lucky in that I was able to find another job, get unemployment, and spend a lot of time. I briefly moved back in with my parents so that we could just kind of spend the pandemic together. And this was just, a, it was a, it was like a lovely time in a way that I know that is not the case for a large number of people who who had to deal with much, much worse than me. So it's, it's, it's kind of an interesting kind of time period that they're showcasing here, especially with, um, you know, everybody over, over the phone call and everybody figuring it all out. Yeah. And they're all, oh, they're all just having a great pleasant time. And, and it, it was, it is such an interesting time and I am looking forward to kind of seeing more to how it's portrayed, but there's something about this time period that is so right to how it felt of just kind of being like, yeah, I was simultaneously so excited to have a bunch of free time and really dive into projects and really get into things, but also at the same time needing to do that and having to do that. Otherwise, I was going to be having a panic attack. Like, right. Just this complete kind of dichotomy that existed in the same time of like, well, this is great. This is fun. I'm going to I'm going to make fun. I'm going to make fun out of this um, because if I don't, I'm going to have to think about how absolutely terrible it is. Oh, yeah. Well, I, I've talked about that with um, my mom where, where we're like, as introverts, in hindsight, that should have been like the best year of our life. <laughs> right. But we were just worried about dying all the time. <laughs> it's like, where it's like, yeah, it's, it's, it's such a weird mental thing because it's like, we're the types of people that like to stay home and do crafts and stuff. So it's like... Oh, we have all this free time to do that, but also it's like, yeah, we're co- but we're also constantly worrying about what if our family gets COVID? What if our, um, you know, I-, I lost my job and I didn't know I was going to find another one? So it's just so okay. it's it's a, such a weird time frame that I think that a lot of people could probably worry about making a movie set during the height of 2020 might be a little soon, but I think that, um, or, or like a little bit too timely, but I think it, it was just so, such a universal experience that it, I think made sense to focus on it. And yeah. And I mean, uh, it just felt very, it, I think that that's a very difficult theme and time to catch capture because it's so recent. Um, but yeah, like you said, I think because everybody kind of had, it was a global experience, Rain Johnson does a very good job of like pinpointing what that experience was, even in a completely like different economic standing than most people were in at the time. Right. And even if, you know, the vast majority of us weren't in a, in a position of any of these people where, um, you know, most of us were not doing the giant party that Bernie right. was throwing. Oh, they're <laughs> all in my pod. I did, <laughs> I did that was recognize funny. those people, though. Like, I was like, yeah, no, I know who Bernie is. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> it's like, oh, yeah, you are that person who is like, oh, I'm social. I'm isolating with 20 other people. And you're like, that, that, that's not how everyone 
everybody, most people didn't do that. Most people, <laughs> and, and sure, you are all in the same pod, and how many people are in their pods and everything, but it, it's, 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 well, I mean, not to, you know, focus on too much of another uh, minute, but also you see that a little bit with Claire's immediate introduction where she's, like, it takes her a minute to remember, oh, oh, shoot, I need to put on the mask to yeah. talk to somebody and everything. It's, it's, you see kind of the, how, the, you see more of their characterization with how they're handling it, how, yeah. handling the pandemic rather than, you know, that just being a separate time frame. It's, it's integrated into the characterization, which we've discussed be is so good no new actress introduced so i was just checking on it's like oh i feel like there's a lot of characters in this one but uh, the people at the background of birdie's party do not count at least not yet not yet <laughs> well, well we'll get to that in one of our future minutes um yeah just just more kind of bringing duke into this um unlikely group with uh with a governor with a um high-ranking scientist and with a popular uh, media personality, and then there's Duke. It's, it's, it's such an interesting kind of um, group of people that somehow works in, in terms of, of watching them all together, but, but it's, it's really a, a, an interesting kind of hodgepodge of, of people here. Do you group them by color, maybe? or Size? Weight? Should I weigh them? Eight by eight. It's a chess board. This is a chess endgame. Something I do find that I like quite like is is when Duke joins the call. Bertie is the only one who's excited. He's joined. The, she's extremely excited, but like yes, it shows Claire and Lionel at the same time, just like both heaving a sigh, like okay, like, Duke oh, it's has Duke. joined. <laughs> He's not gonna like, help. Duke. <laughs> you know, Bertie. I I can't help but kind of like Bertie, even though. Despite everything. (laughs) It's like, she's awful, and I kind of love that. Like, I'm sort of fascinated by how awful she is, if that makes sense. Yeah, it's like, it's one of those things where it doesn't feel malicious. She's just birdie. But at the same time, it's like that... You know, that's that's not charming in in real life or anything, if you know somebody who's just, like, purposefully ignorant about everything... I, I don't know. It's I, I, I can't help but really love uh, Birdie. So this is, it, it's, I don't know. It, so it's it's set up for a, a maiden one. Should I? Do it, Gasparov. Uh, she's, she's not malicious. She's just thoughtless. In a very, very real sense of the word, she is just a thoughtless person. Yeah, like, I th- she, exactly. I think thoughtless is probably the perfect word for it. Where she is just very, you know, and I think she likes it that way. She's not necessarily looking to change that about herself. Um, Yeah, she's not willing to sort of ask questions and look into things. That's face value. I say it like I see it, which is another way of saying, you didn't think about this at all, and then you said something. Right. Exactly. It's you were, were doing that. And... Granted, I think part of it is uh, is also that Kate Hudson is just plays her perfectly. <laughs> so, you know, it's I, I, I even when the cast is being awful or saying awful things or doing awful things, I'm just like somehow Ryan Johnson picked the 
the cast of the most like um like very charismatic people and that you're like ah birdie is the worst but kate hudson just is is very fun (laughs) she is plays her very well and also just nice to see Katherine Hahn shining, period, at long last. Oh but... my god, I love Katherine Hahn, and I am so happy that, <laughs> like, when this movie starts um, in, in minute one, which is not our minute, just oh. when it opens up on Katherine Hahn, I'm just like, oh god, this, this, this cast is so good, and I'm so glad to see her shine in this role, and she, ugh, man, she's perfect at it, too, so. She's great. I'm, well, and yeah. her and her interactions, with, her and Catherine Hudson were in a movie that came out some time ago together called uh, How to Lose a Guy in Ten Days. And in that one, uh, they're playing, I don't want to say the exact opposite of the characters that they're playing in this one, but Catherine Hahn is just the very emotional woman in that movie and she's just in love with this guy and she's just in tears because she loves him so much and Kate Hudson is playing this sort of professional journalist who's like you can't let your feelings sort of overwhelm you and it's just kind of nice to see them many years later in a film again together kind of playing like the opposite sort of personality types of that oh that's so funny it's it's yeah, it, it's it's nice to see both of them really shine because I I, I feel like for a long time uh, I don't know if people necessarily appreciated Kate Hudson as an actress the way that she definitely deserves to be right. um, appreciated. You know, from from uh, her work and stuff like Almost Famous, where she's just like like upsettingly good. Yeah. Um, but then, but then I think there was like a lot of years where people were just not really respecting her enough as an actress. So it's good the, to see, you know, her and Catherine Hahn just like completely thriving. Yes, people didn't take a, I mean either of them very seriously because you know their their bread and butter was romance, romantic comedies in particular. Right. And like, oh, why would we take those seriously at all? Those right. don't have characters in them. Right. Or it's like, oh, they're not, you know, like, don't have, they're not good actors because they're in, in these romantic comedies. But it's like, no, she, like, she happened to be, you know, a, a staple of the kind of uh, mid-2000 romantic comedy, but also is a remarkably strong actress. So it's, uh, it's good to see, you know, get, get, see her get her due. Yeah. Um, like you said, charisma. Just a lot of charisma. Oh, it's that, that is, I think, maybe what I would say for the entire, both Glass Onion cast and Knives Out cast, is that it's just a, so many charismatic actors just kind of all put together, which is very, very fun. Oh. All right. Uh, do you have anything else that you'd like to make a note about for this particular minute? No, I just want to say that um, it is the final, the final finish line is one of my favorite finishes of our minutes that we have, which is the tic-tac-toe opens up and Birdie just full gasp. <laughs> like, I so know thrilled. that tic-tac-toe. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. that's it those are my final thoughts though (laughs) thank you thank you all right well thank you michael for joining me for episodes uh for minute six uh do you have anything you'd like to plug or um share today 
Oh, um, yeah, just one more time. If you want to find my podcast, we're on Twitter at K underscore podcast. Oh, and also check out the Knives Out Minute that both Allison and I were on. You should. Yeah, yeah, I think that's a fun one. And I know that I had some really good conversations with other folks. And uh, it's, man, I I just never get old. Knives Out and Glass Onion never get old for me. So I'm. They're so fun. They're they're so fun. Uh, thank you for listening. Uh, you can find this podcast at Glass Onion Men, all one word on Twitter. Um, please check uh, us on your various podcatcher, podcast apps, rate, review, all that good stuff. And we'll see you tomorrow. See you tomorrow. Bye. Thank you.